I guys hope we get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's a podcast that we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube. You can also find it anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're so thankful that you guys are here and that you have found the podcast. So as we get into this one today, this is going to be a different topic of what I originally said it was going to be. So I'm not ready. It didn't flow right. Okay. It didn't flow right. So I wasn't ready for it. But today, I want to look at a topic that I think it's it's important. I think all of us have been here. Okay. I think all of us really have been here when we look at this topic. Um, we're going to look at a little bit today in Lamentations chapter three, but we're going to notice the topic, Lord, why are you doing this? Lord, why are you doing this? You ever ask yourself that question? You know, maybe you're at a spot in your life where things have happened. Um, you know, things are not going the way that you wanted them to go. Uh, things are taking a little bit longer than what you thought they would take. Things might not hap- might not be happening at all that you thought would happen uh, up to this point, right? So maybe you, I mean, maybe you've asked that question like, Lord, why are you doing this? You know, why, why are you, why are you doing this? And sometimes what this can do, this can put us in a, in a weird mindset to where we start doing things on our own because, well, apparently the Lord doesn't care. So apparently he's taking too long for this. And so sometimes, and I can fall into this too, for sure. You know, sometimes when things take so long, it's almost, it's like with each other, right? So when we take too long to do something with each other, our patience with each other is so short that when when I take too long to do something or when you take too long to do something, uh, well, I guess we just assume, well, I guess he doesn't care. Well, I guess she doesn't care. Well, I guess they don't care because if they would have cared, they would have did something by now, right? It, sometimes we're so short with each other like that, that we're short with God. And sometimes when, um, when that happens, uh, what we can do is we can end up doing things that hurt us in the long run instead of kind of being patient and waiting. And so in Lamentations chapter three, I want you to notice what Jeremiah writes here in the book of Lamentations. And this is such a great book and such a great chapter. And as we look at this, I want to notice that even these men in scripture felt the way that we did. I think, I think it's important as we study scripture that we do give these men and women the respect that they deserve um, because of the way that they serve God. But I think it's also very, very important that we need to see that these men and women struggled and they had the same sins and the same questions that we have because we can't elevate these men and women more than us because they were, they were us. So the only person that should be elevated is Jesus, right? That's the only man that should be elevated. So now in Lamentations chapter three, remember our topic is Lord, why are you, why are you doing this? Look at, look at what Jeremiah, how he starts this off in verse number 11. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause what? <laughs> though he cause grief. So sometimes, now you got to think, so let's, let's, let's keep all this in context. Before Lamentations, what's Jeremiah, what was he called to do in his book? Jeremiah was called to preach, Jeremiah chapter one, preach to the nations. So now sometimes, here's what happens. Sometimes we ask the question, Lord, why are you doing this? Sometimes grief is caused 
because you're doing what God wants you to do. You guys hear what I'm saying? Sometimes grief is caused because you're doing what God's doing or what God wants you to do. I can't tell y'all, and this is me personally, I can't tell y'all how many times sometimes, um, you know, just by by what I do, and I love what I do. I'd rather be doing nothing else. I love what I do in terms of preaching and youth ministry and, and helping um, the lives of these young people. And I, I love what I do. I love what I do. But sometimes you have your days where because of what you do, there's a certain stigma and there's a certain uh, label that's put on you. And so it's it's kind of like that unwritten rule that, okay, well, you got to be perfect to be associated with this person or you got to be you got to be, you know, cream of the crop to be associated with this person. So kind of everybody sometimes walks around you kind of like tiptoes that they can't be this for you. So, I mean, that's that. I mean, that is what it is. I mean, that's a part of it. But even Jeremiah said, though, he caused grief. So sometimes by you doing what God wants you to do, sometimes more grief will happen because you're doing the right things. And so sometimes that, that feels like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Well, wait a second. By those that are and sometimes we'll look around us, too. We'll look at other people. Well, wait a second. They're not doing what God wants them to do. But they're they're excelling. But I'm doing what God has said in Matthew 633. Seek ye first the kingdom. Right. I'm doing what he's doing. Matthew chapter seven. You know, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Right. I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. But it seems like the closer that I'm getting to his work and the closer I'm getting to doing what he wants me to do, the farther everybody else goes away from me. You know, and we talked about this before. Sometimes that's what because you're following God the way that you are. Sometimes instead of instead of those getting closer to you to try to figure out, hey, how I can do that, too, because they'll be intimidated by what you're doing, they will find reasons to go away. Now, I've heard them all, but they'll find reasons to go away. So notice, though he caused grief. So think about what Jeremiah is feeling right now. Jeremiah, I got nobody here. If you read the book of Jeremiah, they were laughing at him. They heard him. They threw him in prison. They they talked about him. They mocked him. And he said, all this has happened because I started preaching. And I was talking to a preacher student today. Let me let me just, uh, you know, give a plug to our preacher students here. As you go through this, guys, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to want to quit. You know, people don't know. Um, you know, when you when you preach, sometimes people don't understand how many times preachers have to convince themselves to keep going. Sometimes preachers quit twice a day. Man, I, I'm done with this. But then something happens. And think about it. Jeremiah said this, right? Even if you look back at what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 20, Jeremiah said, Lord, you tricked me. Verse number, uh, verse number seven of chapter 20, Lord, you tricked me. Lord, I was deceived. Lord, you're stronger than I. I spake out. I did a, everything you wanted me to do. I preached. Then verse nine, he said, Jeremiah said, look, I'm done. Jeremiah said from this point on, because I thought preaching was going to do all this for me. I'm not going to make mention of God's name anymore. And I'm not going to speak in his name anymore. So Jeremiah said, I'm, that phrase there in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse nine, your local preacher, 
if he has not said it right now, he's saying it to himself. Guaranteed. Preacher student, you might be saying this to yourself and you're not even in the you're not even in a local congregation yet. Then I said, I will not make mention of his name anymore. I'm not going to speak in his name. I'm done. But here's what here's the thing that gets us every time. Verse nine. But even though I wanted to quit. His word was in my heart as a burning fire. And it was shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing. And I could and I could not stay, man, I got to do this. I got to keep doing I can't tell you guys how many times I've done that personally, even 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 uh, even to this day, man, I'm just I'm probably not going to do this much longer. I'm probably not going to do this much. I, I don't know. You know, what I'm saying like, I, I don't know. What if I would have stuck with just going with with uh, with computer science because I got one of my degrees in computer science? What if I would have just stuck with that? What if I just. Maybe I could have been making more money. Maybe I could have been this. Maybe I could have been, you know, you get all these what ifs. But then every time, it's so ironic. I cannot tell you how ironic it is. Every time you want to quit, right, personally for you too, every time you want to quit, something happens to where you're like, man, I can't quit. I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation like this in verse 9 and then I go to service that Wednesday or I go to service that Monday and, you know, I see the youth, you know, I see the, uh, the members and somebody that day that I was going to quit the day that I was like, I don't know, somebody comes up randomly, man, I appreciate what you're doing. You're, you're making an impact. All right, let's keep going. Then maybe a youth will come up. I'm glad you're here. Die. Right, let's keep going. You know what I mean? That that's what happens. And sometimes we ask ourselves, Lord, why are you doing this? Sometimes going back to our text in Lamentations three, sometimes grief is caused because you're living the way that you're supposed to. But then sometimes grief is also caused because other people know that they're not living the way that they're, they're supposed to. And the closer that they get to you, they know they have to change. So instead of getting close to you, they understand it's easier just to be associated with you and stay just a little bit farther away. People know what they're doing. People know. And so young preachers, let me let me give you some, and especially young single preachers too, let me give you some advice. As I'm learning too, Brother, uh, Brother Webster, taught us this a long time ago. He said, if you come with, with no expectations, it's easier for you mentally that way. And I, I didn't get that when he said it, but I understand it now. Because when you think about Jeremiah, it almost seems like Jeremiah had this expectation that, okay, when I get done, I, I've been encouraged to preach you know, the Lord said he'd always be there. The Lord said he'll take care of me. The Lord said he's known me since I was in the womb, that he'll always be there. Don't be afraid of their faces. He's going to be there for me. So it seemed like Jeremiah had the the concept that right when I start preaching, everything's going to line up. Right when I start preaching, everybody's going to listen. Right when I start preaching, then the right people will start coming into my life. But then literally the exact opposite happening when he started preaching. 
young men and myself included, guys, when you start preaching, nine times out of ten, that's how things are going to go. I would say ten times out of ten, but, you know, you can't really do that. So nine times out of ten, that's pretty much what's going to happen. You're excited right now. Oh, I'm in school. I'm getting all this knowledge. I'm getting all this. And enjoy that. I'm getting all this knowledge. I'm getting all this this Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm around people that want to learn. I'm around people that care too. I'm around other guys with the same passion that I've got. But then after you graduate from school, you're at a local congregation. You, you, you got this mindset that Jeremiah had, Oh, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's preach. But then you realize people start laughing. Then you realize how come, how come no one wants to get close to me? Then you realize how come people are talking about me? Then you realize, how come people are seeing me just a little bit different? I'm the same guy. Then you start to realize, then you get to that point in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. Uh, this ain't, and especially if you're young and this happens, oh, no, that's not for me. No, no, no. I'm a, No, I don't want this label on me. See, this is why you have to be able to burn your own fire. Jeremiah said, even though all this was happening, that fire within me was so hot that I had to keep going. So he says here in Lamentations 3, though he causes grief for doing what he said, yet he will continue to have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. Even though guys and even young ladies too, even though sometimes when you ask yourself, Lord, why are you doing this? Sometimes it seems like it, it is the Lord who's actually inflicting this grief on you. It feels like it's him directly. Even Job felt like that. But understand, let's look at this. Verse number 33. Here's something we need to understand. For God does not afflict willingly, nor does God grieve the children of man. So God's, God's not going to grieve you, even though it feels like it's him directly. Lord, why are you doing this? Why? Like, I don't understand. And even with you young ladies, I'm trying to live faithfully. I'm trying to do what God wants me to do. Why is this not working? Why are things at work not working? You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm in my late 20s. I'm, I'm getting older. Why are things just not working out? He does not afflict willingly, nor does he grieve the children of men. To crush under all his feet all the prisoners of the earth, to turn aside the right of a man before the face of the Most High, to subvert a man in his cause, the Lord approves not. But watch this. Now Jeremiah puts the ball back in his own court, and he puts the ball back in our court. So, now look at verse 37 through 41. So who is he that says, and it comes to pass, when the Lord commanded it not? So can so are there certain things that we have control over? Absolutely. Are there things we don't have control over? Absolutely. Out of the mouth of the Most High proceedeth not evil and good. Wherefore does a living man complain? A man for the punishment of his sins. So now what do we need to do then? Verse 40. Let us search and try our ways so lord why are you doing this lord why is it that this is happening to me 
Lord, why do you just let this keep happening? Lord, why does it seem like you don't care? Lord, why does it seem like what's the first step that Jeremiah tells us to do? Instead of blaming God, who according to verse 33, who does not afflict us willingly or grieves us. You know, I had an instructor at the school of preaching, Brother Mosier. I've got this little candy here thing. If you're watching the video, he says, sometimes this is what we think and this is what it feels like. It feels like God has kind of singled us out out of everybody. And God has singled us out out of all of our friends and out of everybody else and their mom that we know. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, you scroll on Facebook, you scroll on Instagram, and it seems like everything's working out for everybody else, right? Everybody's always smiling. Everybody's got a good, you know, having a good time. Everything's always working out. Everybody's always having fun. Everybody's always taking a trip. All this stuff, right? So then Brother Brother Moser said, sometimes it feels like God just singles you out out of everybody that you know in your personal circle. And he kind of picks you up and kind of dangles you kind of above this fire. And he kind of feels like, oh, I'm just going to see if he's going to quit. I'm going to see if she's going to quit. And then we ask ourselves, Lord, why do you keep doing this? But that's not, even though that's what it feels like, that is not God's character. Because Jeremiah said, God does not afflict men willingly, nor does he grieve us. But what's the step in order for us to understand what's happening? Here's the danger of comparison. Right. Comparison is the thief of joy. Okay, so this is what comparison can do. Comparison is just like Luke chapter 15 with the prodigal son and his older brother. Real quick. Let's go here. Here's something that we got to understand. This is amazing here. Let's we'll go back to Lamentation in a second. So Luke 15. So you got the older brother and the younger brother. So the younger brother, he went out. And he lived his life. He did everything he wanted. He lived riotous. So when he lived riotous, did he probably have moments in that riotous time where it was fun? I guarantee he did. Because if it wasn't fun, he wouldn't have spent all his, spent all his cash. So it was fun. It had to have been fun. And whoever he was hanging with, it had to have been fun too. Whoever he was with, the girls, whoever it was, it probably was fun too. So notice. This man went out and did all this stuff. So he had his quote unquote fun and he did what everybody else wants to do. But then you got the older brother who stayed, who worked, who listened to the father, who never left, who always did what God wanted him to do. But then the Bible says he was mad. So here's what comparison does. And I'm talking about between brethren. Comparison can make us angry with God that they get the same thing we do. Well, wait, time out, time out, hold up. So you're saying, so notice this, look at the older brother. So the older, the older brother never did anything wrong technically. He was, he, was, he was where he was supposed to be. But then this guy who lived the life the way that he wants to and he comes back, and he gets the same reward as if he has been here the whole time. So the older brother's problem, the reason why he couldn't truly accept his brother is because he spent too much time comparing. So notice, if you look at that in Luke 15, look at what he says. Uh, Luke 15, verse number 29. 
And he came to his father and notice what he brings up. Yay, look how many years I serve you. So he brought up time. Wait a second. So I've been serving God and I've been giving my life and I've been faithful. I've been coming to services. I've been doing extra stuff. I've been studying on my own. I've been trying to live faithfully. I've been doing all this great stuff for you. But then he gets rewarded too. That doesn't make sense. Then he says, neither have I transgressed. So not only have I served you for many years, I haven't transgressed it. So I've been trying to live faithfully. He hasn't. Then he says, and you never gave me a kid. So I've been doing everything I've been doing here, and I was never celebrated. But he is? That's what we can do with our brethren. Well, wait a second. I've been a member of the church for so many years. I've been serving the Lord faithfully as I can. I've been giving my life to him. I'm trying to be disciplined as I can. I've given up opportunities. I've sacrificed for God. I've done all this stuff for him. But they got this. They got that. You see what comparison can do? Comparison is not the right way to look at things. So as we look back at Lamentations chapter 3, instead of doing all that, he says, let's search our ways and try our ways. So if I know that it's not the Lord that's afflicting me because he doesn't grieve men, and I also know that I shouldn't compare what I got to what somebody else got, let me take a second right quick. And let me sit down and let me start reexamining my choices. So maybe I feel isolated. Maybe I feel the way that I feel. Maybe I'm where I'm at because five years ago, I shouldn't have made that choice. Three years ago, I shouldn't have made that choice. A year ago, I shouldn't have made that choice. I shouldn't have made the choice I'm making now. So what Jeremiah is teaching us, he's saying, look what I did. I qu almost quit and I was blaming God. But instead, why do that? Maybe I need to look in the mirror and maybe I'm where I'm at. Because number one, of my choices that I've made. But number two, of the things that I'm, I'm not willing to do. So maybe you're saying, Lord, why are you doing this? Why is my life like this? Lord, I've been praying for you and asking for help. But here's what you've probably done, and I've done this too. The answer to your prayer is probably where you're at right now. But because of, of influence of others and what other people say, you already missed it. And that can come in the form of a job. That can come in the form of a person at a local congregation. Maybe you, you probably missed it. And God is like, look, it's right there. I'm giving you the answer. Everything you need is right there. But all right, all right, like you don't want it. All right. Let us search and try our ways. Look at what you're doing. Then notice what he said. After you realize what, how you've been wrong, now let's turn again to the Lord. All right, now let's get back right. Let's get back right. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens.
So now Jeremiah started this whole thing off by saying the Lord's not going to cast off. But even though it feels like it's him, it's not him. It's probably something I've done. It's probably something that we've done as a people. Because remember, Jeremiah is not just talking to himself. He's talking to the people because in verse 42, he says, look at everything we did, guys. He says, we've the one that's been transgressing and rebelling. We've been angry and and with anger and persecuted us. Right? We've been this. But he said, what we need to do, he says, we need to repent and we need to turn back to him. So maybe today you feel like, Lord, why are you doing this? Maybe it's not him. Maybe all this is happening because you're not putting the kingdom first. Maybe all this is happening because you've, you've, you're literally missing the blessing that he sent you. Maybe you're in this because you're making it too hard because you're trying to figure it out on your own. And then at the end of the day, then we'll say, oh, well, I guess that's not what God wanted for me. Come on, man. What are we doing? Let us search and let us try our ways. And let's see where we can get right. So now when you think about this, Jeremiah, the whole book of Lamentations, He's literally crying out to God and to the people and said, let's get things right. But now I want you to notice one more quick verse before we get ready to get out of here. Verse number uh, 19 through 21. So now he realizes all this stuff is happening. But notice what Jeremiah says. He said, look, I remember how much things hurt. I remember. He said, I remember my misery, the wormwood and the gall. I remember how it all felt. And as we keep going, I want you to remember. Remember how everything feels right now. It hurts. But verse 20 says, my soul has all of this in remembrance. And it's humbled within me. Quickly. Here's something that I think it's, this is just me personally. I think this is very important to do. All the things that have happened in your life, right? The hurt, the pain, all that stuff. Don't use it as vengeance. But what I like to do personally, this is just me. Everything that has happened up to this point that I felt was kind of disappointing, that I felt that was kind of, you know, afflicting, whatever you want to say, I kind of put it in this mental bottle, okay? And I put it in this mental bottle for two reasons. One, I put it in that mental bottle so I'll never forget it. But two, I put it in that mental bottle so that, number one, it humbles you to see where you went wrong. But then three, all that pain that's in there, that pain can be translated into humility to help somebody else not to be where you were. So now I take that and use it. Now here's the fourth thing that I love about it too, about the process is that mental bottle. 
I, I can go back years later and I can look back and I can see the providence of God through some things. But notice Jeremiah said, my soul has all this stuff, all this stuff that I went through, all the times I wanted to quit, all the times people laughed, all the times people didn't want to be with me, all the times people made excuses why they can't be close to me. I remember every single thing. they. I remember it all, all of it. But he said, it's humbled me. But then watch verse 21. But this also I have in my mind. So it's not just the bad stuff. He says, this also I recalled. Therefore, I have hope that it is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Lord, why are you doing this? It's not him. It's us. We need to keep working to get better. Isn't that a great text from Lamentations chapter three? Oh man, such a such an amazing thing. And I think this can help us to get better. This can help us to to grow and to develop. And this is something that I personally need to work on 100%, 100%. Something I need to work on for sure. But I hope that this was able to encourage you today as we looked at this and as we keep studying. Uh, I hope that we can keep growing and keep developing into the the type of men and women that God wants us to be. So if you guys ever need anything, again, like I say, let me know. Uh, DM me anywhere that you can find me. If you have my number, let me know because um, we're here to help each other grow. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, and Lord willing, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.